0: I have long been a proponent of a dedicated investment to emerging market debt. And that's an obvious statement coming from an emerging market debt manager. But especially in today's world, uh, it's even more important. I wanted to structure my conversation in two parts. First, talking about geopolitics and its effect on emerging market debt and on the way that you access emerging market debt in today's world. Currently, we have a shake the tree type of moment uh, on a global stage. Russia-Ukraine is having a significant effect on global markets, certainly if you have investments either in local currency or in dollar-denominated debt in those two countries, but it's also having a negative impact on adjoining countries, specifically those in Eastern Europe. In these types of moments, if you have a generalist position in an emerging market asset class, normally what happens is significant selling because there are a lot of uncertainties with regards to that uh, geopolitical risk. What you in fact want to have is a specialist who is specifically looking at these emerging market countries and can parse out which countries will be the winner in this type of environment and which ones will be the losers. And what is interesting in this type of environment is although this is categorically negative for Russian assets, for Ukrainian assets, and in fact, part of the Russian capital structure has become uninvestable, Also note that commodity prices are significantly higher. Growth in many of the other emerging market countries has now been rebounding uh, for a a solid six to nine months. And so you suddenly have this opportunity where non-Russian, Ukrainian, and Eastern European assets have had significant sell-offs, even though their balance sheet fundamentals are significantly better. So if you have a dedicated uh, emerging market manager uh, looking at your allocation towards emerging market debt, this is a moment for them to reallocate into those parts of the world that are actually beneficiaries of this type of macroeconomic backdrop. Second, which is a much larger thematic uh, play within the world, is central bank and fiscal policy. So the world is in very different places. Most of the attention has been on what the uh, Federal Reserve in the United States is about to do, what the European Central Bank is likely to do as we get to the end of this year, which is the beginning of a rate hike cycle. And we have not had that in markets for about eight years in the developed world. Meanwhile, emerging market countries have in fact been hiking rates for almost a year. And we've had some emerging market countries that have already hiked By a thousand basis points others by even more and finally we have a country like China which is in fact cutting rates so you have the world in very different parts of their own economic cycles and this is very meaningful for how you structure your allocations on a global basis as a general rule in finance when you are approaching a rate hike cycle whether in the developed world or whether in the emerging world you want to be underweight duration And so you have seen developed market yields move up significantly as the market starts pricing in a full rate hike cycle that is highly likely to begin imminently in the United States. And in that context, you want to be further away from that big risk, which is duration risk in the developed world. And so that suggests that, in fact, you should be increasing non-U.S. Treasury-related securities and moving over to the parts of the world which are not uh, imminently about to hike. Second, is there is this thought out there that when the Federal Reserve starts to hike and when the ECB starts to hike, this will in fact be positive for the dollar and for the Euro respectively. In fact, history suggests that that is not the case. More often than not, the dollar and the Euro depreciate during rate hike cycles Instead of appreciating. And what is often forgotten is that a much more powerful economic impact than overnight rate differentials is, in fact, growth. And so, to explain why emerging market currencies have underperformed for the better part of the last decade, it's because growth has disappeared in emerging markets. What we finally started to see, and this is post COVID, but it's extended into 2022. Is growth has finally started coming back to emerging markets and in fact 2022 is shaping up as a year where emerging market growth incrementally moves higher while the developed world moves significantly lower as fiscal stimulus is in the rearview mirror and as monetary policy starts to tighten so the advice that we have to investors is follow the growth and if you follow the growth you will land yourself within emerging markets You want to be flexible enough to be able to pivot from dollar-denominated debt over to emerging market currencies when they are finished their rate hike cycles. And remember, from a valuation backdrop, you are looking at an asset class which is at record low valuations for most of the local currency side, and in fact, as a result of geopolitics, is now at record low valuations on the external side also. So to wrap that all up, You're at an intersection today where macroeconomics has begun to favor emerging markets. It is an under-owned asset class. It has triggers over the next 6 to 12 months why you should start to see emerging markets outperforming the developed world. And most importantly in that construct, bottom-up analysis is always paramount. You must know the policies of these countries, you must know the economics of these countries, and as a result of all of that, you want to steer that allocation over to a dedicated manager to be able to navigate through these turbulent times.